0: Você listening o China Africa Talk.
1: Jambo, eu sou a Bridget, aqui, que indica que você está na China, na África. Você écoutez o dialogo sino-africano com a Bridget? Everything China, everything Africa. Olá, você está ouvindo o China Africa Talk com a Bridget? Sayidati, você está ouvindo o Sayidati? Muito
0: bem, você está ouvindo o
1: good day and welcome back to another edition of china africa talk the program that brings you news views and discussions from a chinese and african perspective i'm your host bridget mutambira coming to you from beijing and in today's discussion together with our two guests we'll be looking at how e-commerce is supporting african business growth in china our guests Dennis Baizina, a librarian youth currently based in China, together with China-based Zimbabwean Eric Tungamira Mpona, will delve into how live stream e-commerce is fast becoming a new driving force for China-Africa trade, with young Africans in China also joining in. Dennis, welcome to the program. And Eric, thank you for joining us again today. It's your second time on the program.
0: (laughs) Yes, it is our pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: Now let's begin with you, Eric. You are a Zimbabwean student based in China and recently introduced African specialities and delicacies at a live stream sales from Hangzhou, the capital of East China's Zhejiang province. What was your first reaction when you were selling goods online there and how did Chinese consumers receive the products?
0: It was actually a very interesting experience. This is not actually my first time to take part in live streaming. I've actually participated in China-Africa promotion for quite some time. I remember in 2020, I also took part in live stream of uh, African products in Tsinghua, Mm
2: -hmm. uh, where
0: they had the China-Africa Cultural Cooperation Week. And Mm -hmm. last year, the Focac African product promotion, I also took part as a live streamer. And this Mm -hmm. time around, it was sort of my third time to take part in this. And Mm -hmm. uh, the interesting thing is that these products are actually quite welcomed, than we Expected. I then find out that most of the consumers who are coming, for mm-hmm. example, into the live streaming to buy those products. Some of them, it's not actually their first time to buy African products. They actually mm-hmm. came because they are used to those products and they've been looking for them. So hearing about a live stream session, marketing African products, and then they'll just come. Some of them mm-hmm. have been to Africa before. Some are literally new consumers who want to try something new, something to celebrate.
2: And when you compare the first time you did live streaming, how are products from Africa doing now, from then and now, when you compare?
0: I think there is a a big improvement Uh in terms of the number of people who are coming to purchase those products. I remember in 2020, that's Mm -hmm. when I took part in my first live streaming about African products. And at that time, although we had a significant number of consumers, it wasn't as huge as compared to now. Maybe because we could also see that naturally, you know, our buying habits, consumer habits have been changed a lot. Everyone is now just going online. So this is also a plus for African products, which are now depending on e-commerce and things like live streaming. So there is a very significant improvement and a a very big change. Yeah.
1: Dennis, you are from Liberia and currently serve as General Secretary for Asia Affairs of the Economic and Trade of Youth in China. How's African and Chinese youth enthusiasm for cross-border and live stream e-commerce from where you stand? Well, firstly,
3: thanks for having me, Bridget. Um, I'm glad to be here with you today. So at the Economic and Trade Cooperation of African Youth, economic youth empowerment is our priority. And so we've seen that sharing talents on platforms like WeChat and Facebook, live streaming has emerged as one of the creative ways through which young people are empowering themselves. And I personally find e-commerce highly developed in China because just in 2020 alone, over 700 million Chinese uh, were projected to be shopping online, and mm. even so, the challenge posed by the pandemic, discussing this number to increase, it's very interesting that in Africa there's also this trend of young people serving as social media influencers. They're kind of attracting foreign businesses and even local businesses to hire them as brand ambassadors and so whether it is on Taobao or TikTok or Instagram I feel very happy to see both Chinese and African youth taking this advantage of this new innovation for economic empowerment.
2: Hmm. Eric you mentioned just now that you're selling Ethiopian coffee and tea what other kinds of African products can Chinese consumers now easily shop?
0: yeah i think what is more popular of african products right now is beverages and some mm-hmm. fruits by beverages i mean the south african wine we also have mauritius wine black tea from kenya Ethiopian coffee even south africa has rooibos tea so all of these beverages are quite popular right now especially if you come to zhejiang and also we have rwandan chili A lot of products are coming in, and besides food in terms of beverages and dried fruits, we also have some cultural products which are penetrating the market bit by bit. African drums, you have wooden carvings, yeah. But I think what is more popular is food itself.
1: Dennis, when it comes to understanding
3: the African consumers, what are they looking for? Consumption across Africa is in uniform. In fact, when entrepreneurs take this generalized approach in Africa, it can be really risky. A consumer in Liberia might consume differently from the ones in Burundi. So just firstly understanding these complexities uh, that come with these regional blocks and age difference can be key in sort of determining what products to try on the African market. I'll firstly say you should be asking what young people in those specific countries, these specific uh, African countries, are looking for. One interesting thing, uh, Bridget. To understand in the African market, the consumer class is very important in understanding because in Africa, there is these low-income consumers and they tend to uh, more be uh, sourcing things like survival goods, like food, clothing, and medicals. And middle and high-income consumers go for more luxury goods like electronics and fashion. But in general... What African consumers in specific countries have shown to be needing food, medicines, uh, you know, electronics, internet services. These are the things that remain generally popular among African consumers.
1: Eric, I'd like to hear from you. From the outside, you look at Africa and China, you read the news and you think it's everything is just very difficult. Could you explain Africa's big appetite for e-commerce?
0: Uh, yeah, I can say that, you know, e-commerce is the future of Africa's international trade. Just now, Dennis was mentioning a very interesting point that, you know, when it comes to business, it's very difficult to just uh, take Africa as a unit because you should know that in different countries, there are different realities. We also have different backgrounds and uh, requirements in terms of business and the resources that we have. So looking at it, I think in Africa, we are actually experiencing a very uh, robust development in terms of digital transformation. Mm. And we have some blueprints that have been set for us. For example, we have the African Union digital transformation strategy and it is actually trying to show to several African countries that digital transformation is the way to go and with that being said that's when we come to the issue of Mm e-commerce so once we have a full capacity building in terms of our digital economy sector and Mm -hmm. also improvement in terms of our digital infrastructure you would see that we are going to reap Positive results from e commerce and digital economy per se. So, this is definitely going to provide a leapfrogging opportunity to the African economies. When we take a look at this issue from a China Africa perspective, you would understand that China itself is also trying to make sure that they increase Africa exports to China because we have always been having unfavorable balance of payment between the African continent and China. Just now, Dennis mentioned that we have different consumption habits in Africa. I have realized there are many, many platforms right now in Africa. For instance, we have Jumia in Nigeria, which is the largest Mm -hmm. e-commerce operator in Africa. It's doing well We have take a lot in South Africa. We have Kilimao, which is also doing well. It's coming from the Chinese side. Mm -hmm. And all of these things can just tell us that, you know, digitalization in Africa is actually taking place at a fast pace. And also given the current conditions that now there is COVID, you know, offline buying is becoming a challenge. So Mm -hmm. we are resorting to online buying. Even buying stuff locally, people are even buying food online in Africa, which is something that we didn't have before. So we are transforming. We are having some reforms in terms of even the the consumer habits themselves. So we have a lot to learn from China, which is currently the largest e-commerce market in the world, and in terms of the path that they took to digitalize their economies. And I am in Zhejiang right now where they take digital economy as the, uh, they they call it the first project, meaning it is the main, the main, main uh, target of the province. So we have a lot to to learn from each other when we say China and African countries. Dennis,
1: there are more than 400 million Internet users in Africa, which is the second largest Internet user population on the planet just after China. Yet distribution for goods and services is challenging. How then does e-commerce support business growth between China and Africa? What's the catch?
3: Well, uh, that's a very interesting question. And uh, every time I hear this sort of that, this is, it really makes me happy because um, Africa um, is the future. But yeah, in support of your estimate, uh, this number is uh, to increase significantly by the end of 2025. However, uh, there are a set of challenges uh, distribution, as 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 you've mentioned, is one of the areas that needs to be improved. Unlike most of China with this modern logistics, some areas in Africa are still catching up with the even with the rural connectivity. But nevertheless, I think we as African entrepreneurs we see this challenge as an um, an advantage. Because African entrepreneurs then can sort of try to devise these unconventional uh, solutions to our own problems. And a good example is the drones delivery system that we see in sort of gaining this popularity in most African countries like Ghana, Kenya, and Rwanda. More and more drones are being used to deliver medical supplies to rural areas. And I think this is promising, you know. So the catch for me is our people, you know, this this young population of Africa and its growing demand for convenience. I believe wherever uh, there are people, uh, there, there are obvious problems and, and challenges. But then where there are challenges, there are also business opportunities. So I see this as an opportunity for both China and Africa and specifically for China to invest in Africa's e-commerce. Because if we can solve together, if we can improve this logistical problem in Africa, it's a win-win, most definitely.
1: Ever wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African? How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? Well, get a perspective with China Africa Talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get on our Wavelength every week to find out what's real with China Africa Talk. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. We'll see you there. Dennis, you're based in China. You're also the founder of DTech Solar. Logistics-wise, how does one move products from the merchants who are selling the products to the consumer who's ordering the products in Africa? How does it work?
3: Well, Dtex Solar is an intermediary energy company that we distribute these solar products to medium power users specifically in West Africa. So, we are sourcing from factories in China sometimes by drop shipping and maybe sometimes in person and then we deliver these products to African countries depending on the urgency and maybe the budget of our clients. But it is interesting how most of the consumers in Africa that we've encountered do not really trust the online purchasing yet. It's still a tough thing for us. Most people prefer to go to the stores back home, work in the store and touch these solar panels we are selling. And I get it because most of the things we distribute aren't like the everyday consumer goods. But I find this phenomenon very different from what I've experienced here in China, where everything is being purchased online, from food to medicine to clothes and equipment. Technology really plays a very pivotal role in the supply chain in China. And people trust this technology so much that even the older folks, the senior citizens, also use it. I'm still very positive about e-commerce in Africa that yes, maybe for the future, this is going to be the case of most of Africa.
2: Mm. But even, as I was saying, with the distribution, is it easy to actually distribute stuff? Because I'm looking at it from the perspective whereby, in some cases, even the address systems in Africa, maybe somebody could see it. Yeah. How does that work?
3: So the thing is, and you raise a very important point, the address system is one of the most challenging things we face for entrepreneurs who are involved in e-commerce. So most of us, when we ship these products back home, we have our people on ground. We tell them the locations and it can really be tedious in finding where these clients live. We have mm. to send our people from back home going to the houses and there's no address. You have to literally, you know, you're not going by GPS like the way you do in China or anything like this. So you have to be calling the clients online, calling the phone numbers and they have to stand on the road to look for you. So I guess these are some of the challenges we face. But, It's going to get better we're just trying to make the most of the conditions that we can work in now until things get better eric Mm -hmm.
1: from your hands-on experience of live stream selling online what are consumers in china looking for in products from africa is it good pricing is it good quality
0: yeah the african products what is actually happening now is that they are occupying a niche position in the chinese market because of (laughs) their uniqueness what is unique about the African products? Uh, you talked about the issue of quality. You talked about the issue of price. I will start from quality because, as I mentioned earlier, on most of our products from a lot of African countries being agricultural products, mm-hmm. and these agricultural products are either finished in terms of their value-added products. Right? Some they just come in as you dry something. Maybe there was no more of a value addition there. But all in all, we are exporting agricultural products more to China. So with that being said, you would understand that when you talk about food, people are more concerned about quality, about the health aspect of it. So that's what they are looking for in African products that are coming right now. And for our cultural products, of course, is the uniqueness. This is the opportunity for them to actually learn about African culture through these products for those who are buying African brands and all that. And the price, most of African products, they actually have this price competitiveness. They are not so expensive such that local consumers, most of them, they are welcoming these products. And one of the challenges is that we currently have less offline shops about mm-hmm. African products. Most of these customers especially the first time customers they find it even difficult to purchase the products because they want to try them first you cannot just buy tea and without you knowing the test and all that so they want to have an experience first before they buy so mm. these are some of the challenges although they are used to online buying right but this is food so you cannot try like clothes by buy a trousers If it's too big, I can say, okay, this trousers is too big. Change to a smaller size. But if you buy my tea and then after drinking it, you don't feel it's suiting what you were looking for, then you cannot send me back. So these are some of the challenges that we'll be facing. But I think they are minor ones. We can leverage and see how we can promote more African products, but let's work on value addition per se, so that we can bring more African products locally. Ooh.
1: Dennis, from an outsider, one could think e-commerce is for the inhabitants of urban cities. Do we have consumers who live in small villages and in small cities in Africa that are interested in buying items online from China and perhaps
3: why? Well, yes, uh, there' a huge demand for not just only Chinese, but the number of growing services in Africa. But yeah, distribution, like we mentioned before, is a major challenge. This is why I think the rural inhabitants should be primary beneficiaries of e-commerce and services in African countries. They are the ones who are by far, you know, not so close to the basic amenities like the advanced hospitals, the shopping malls and transportation. In fact, mm-hmm. in some parts of Africa, one of the major challenges is getting medical supplies to rural areas. Enhancing logistics is very crucial for Africa e-commerce. But on a positive note, though, I think farmers are the most intelligent people in Africa because they understand, you know, the nature. And yes, there's a huge opportunity here for uh, farmers doing business with the urban people. So if we can jointly set up these regional hubs in most African countries which can use to sort of deliver goods and services to rural areas and vice versa this will make a huge difference because there are a lot of goods and services that we need to trade with each other both rural areas and urban areas and even you know goods and services from China but because of the challenge in terms of rural connectivity it is moving smoothly.
2: Do you have perhaps any recommendations or advice you'd like to give African suppliers wanting to sell online to the Chinese market based on your observations as an entrepreneur based in
3: China? I'd say, firstly, one needs to understand that today's China isn't yesterday's China. And so there are a few things, I think, from my observation that we need to improve on. First, is content creation, because you can have good products, but then the marketing of the products is really important. We should understand that when you sell something from Africa, uh, you're not just selling, that thing, you're selling Africa, you're selling the stories of the African people. And so you want to make sure you want to brand it well, like create good content, so advertise it. Also, another thing is regional support, because entering the Chinese market can be challenging sometimes, especially for smaller businesses. So I think if entrepreneurs on the African soil can consolidate their strength, they can brace for impact before entering the Chinese market. And consistency also happens to be one of the traits young African entrepreneurs need to cultivate because you don't only want to get customers, but you want to maintain them. So even if you're doing live streaming, you want to be consistent. You want to come one day and then the next month no one sees you, it's like you just lose your customers. And mm. partnership will be something that I will encourage more and more entrepreneurs to engage in because no matter what, if you're coming to do business in China, you cannot outshine the locals. They know about the market more than we do.
1: Mm. Do you believe e-commerce provides a much safer and cheaper way for small African businesses to grow in China and
3: vice versa? Uh, cheaper, i say yes, safer. Mm, not too much, because I think for entrepreneurs, we still have to do our homework, you know, and pay more attention to our supply chains and operation. And I do believe in the future of e-commerce in Africa provides a very unique way through which both African and Chinese small businesses can grow. Okay, Eric, you mentioned that you've been in
1: live stream business since 2020. Yes. What would you say to African suppliers wanting to become part of this?
0: Mm, that's a... Uh... That's a that's a big uh, that's a big issue. We have a lot to do especially from the African side just like Dennis mentioned. These suppliers they need to do their homework well because when we take a look at you know the Chinese market it's a diverse and huge market that has not only uniform consumer habits you have different habits across China and what are they looking for? There is need to do enough market research there. And also we should do more promotion because we actually have to create the need for our products in them before they didn't actually think about it, right? So mm-hmm. let's say trying to move away from only promoting our agricultural products to penetrating other sectors. How can we do that? We need a lot of promotion to really create this need in them because Currently, they might not have that need to say oh, uh, this kind of African clothes and all that. So put those clothes into the market and let them actually feel the presence of those products so that we can create the need in them. Right now, we're talking about e-commerce. We want to bring uh, African products to China through e-commerce. But do we have enough talents who can do that from back home? Dennis mentioned the issue of connectivity and all that. This is beyond like smaller companies influence. They can't do anything about it, but what they just have to do is enough homework, cope up with the trends as well. All of these things, you know, our local suppliers should be trying to know, this is what is going on. So what, what is the new trend in China? So let's leverage from that. This is the same way that, mm. you know, Chinese suppliers uh, do it when they are going to seize some opportunities in the African market. With that being said that currently we have less African businesses that are relying on e-commerce to bring their products to China and, and other parts of the world. It actually is an opportunity on its own for all these growing SMEs and already established big companies. There is a very big gap to fill.
2: Mm, Some interesting insights there on how e-commerce is supporting African business growth in China. Eric and
3: Dennis, thank you so much. Thanks for having us.
1: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post it on social media or leave a rating and review. Thanks again. See you next time.